1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
0: Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Now that kind of talk this week dragged Australia's
1: share market to this a two-year low. There who are of is the complex Stephen reasons
0: Bradbury for that. of He was the big spender. Right. The big spender. Doing Mr. the grocery 28. shopping 28.
1: could take a huge chunk out of the family budget. And that's finance.
0: Hello and welcome to Comedian Versus Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam and I'm joined as always by my little older brother and real life economist, Thomas. Hi, Thomas. How's it going? Yeah, good day, everyone. How are we doing? Good, thank you. Now, Thomas, big show coming up today. Mm-hmm. We want to talk trickle-down economics. Mm-hmm. There's something... A bit funny, a bit of a puzzle happening in the rental market. And in case anyone's been wondering where we got to with our comedian versus economist NFT sale, uh, I'm going to fill you in on that a little bit later on following a listener question. So Mm. stick around, lots to come. But first, trickle-down economics, Thomas. Mm. What is trickle-down economics? Is This sounds a lot like where I end up with bugger all. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: No. Trickle down economics is dead. It's, that's the short oh. answer to the story. Yeah. It's. Um, I didn't know it was alive. No. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's, it sort of was, but Bi- Biden came out in a speech recently and said trickle down economics has never worked. It's try- time to grow the economy from the bottom and the middle out. Uh, this was his first right. address to Congress. So this, this is a bit of a turn in. Yeah, another one of the shifts in thinking that we're seeing at the moment, but there was sort of this idea for a long time and particularly sort of out of Reagan and Thatcher in the 80s that if you cut taxes, particularly cut taxes on the wealthy, that would stimulate uh, economic activity, the rich would get richer, and then that would trickle down through the economy, through the population to everyone else. And so a wealthier... Uh, wealthy class would lead to a wealthier lower class eventually.
0: Hmm, they could pay their ser- their servants and slaves a little bit extra. <laughs> yeah, throw <laughs> throw a bit more their way. What a good idea! Yeah, that sounds like a horrible idea. Was that really the best we could come up with for hundreds of years of economic data? We decided trickle down economics would would work. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the term is- cut taxes to the rich and wealthy.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. There's there. There's a famous story about the, the, what's called the Laffer Curve. But this guy, this economist, I don't know, someone, someone Laffer, let's say Joe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a okay. Solid, sure. solid American name.
0: <laughs> so you'll, get, you'll get no argument from me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he,
1: he was in a restaurant. Having... Uh, okay, yeah, I really should have researched this story before we got into yeah, it. Yeah, well,
0: look, we don't ask you to do a lot of research on the show, Thomas. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Before you tell a story, and I learned this on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know your material. Yeah. yeah, anyway. So, Joe Laffer was at a restaurant and he'd ordered... A cocktail. Let's say let's say it was with Ronald
1: Reagan. It wasn't. It wasn't Ronald Reagan, but let's just say it was Ronald Reagan because he, he he took it <laughs> up. It was one of one of his aides or something. Anyway, they, they said to him, "We want we want an argument that's going to allow us to cut taxes." Right. And he sort of drew this curve, which sort of had tax rates and activity on it, and said, "Like, there there is a point, an inflection point, where if you cut taxes enough, it stimulates the economy so much that the." increase in revenue that you get Mm. from the increase in activity offsets the decrease in revenue from the from the cut in the tax rate so it was sort of this idea that if you cut taxes enough eventually it would stimulate economic activity so much that you would actually end up with more revenue than before
0: right hang on so so we're cutting the taxes Mm. yeah which means there's way more money to spend in the economy Mm mm-hmm
1: yeah, economy. People
0: go out and spend because they're like, woohoo, I got like, mm-hmm. I don't have to pay as much tax anymore, I'm free. Mm. So, they go out and they spend up big mm-hmm. and even though you've cut the rate of tax, mm. you're just collecting more volume of tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's- so, instead of collecting 80 cents in the dollar, you're collecting 70 cents but instead of collecting tax on $1,000, you're collecting tax on a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, something like that, something like that. That was the essence of right. the argument. It wasn't a particularly
1: sophisticated argument. It was sort of drawn right. on a napkin, as yep. as the legend goes. But that sort of took off and that, and that I mean, that was sort of the, the political right was looking for sort of an economic arguments to drive that um, sort of small go- government agenda that sort of dominated the 80s deregulation, freeing up, you know, the financial sector, all of that. Yeah, that, that was sort of the drive of that. And and I think that that whole sort of suite of political policies uh, mm. came to be known as trickle-down economics. Yeah, okay. And I don't, I don't think it was like the proponents were calling it trickle-down economics. I think it was sort of people on the outside of it, maybe some of its detractors.
0: Right. Not the most flattering name, is it?
1: No, 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 it's not. Like it
0: is sort of. Seems a bit like the people at the bottom aren't going to get much.
1: Yeah, they're going to get trickled on. Which, isn't, <laughs> isn't which is kind of how capitalism works.
0: <laughs> right, so, so they need a new name. They, they, they the, yeah. <laughs>
1: needed some branding. A because consulting. modern
0: monetary theory, you know, like the latest kind of craze, that's it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's got a bit of zing to it. Yeah, I like the sound of modern monetary theory. Trickle-down economics, not so much. Mm. Um, okay, so Biden's saying that that's dead now.
1: Yeah, 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 saying it's never worked, it was all a lie. Yeah, time to grow the economy from the bottom and the middle out. Yeah, so there's, you know, Biden's announced a huge spending package- $2.25 trillion in the latest one. I think it's getting close to $5 trillion in total now since COVID. But yeah, but that's got to come, he wants to pay for that through increasing the corporate tax rate. He says here, it's time for corporate America and the wealthiest 1% of Americans to just begin to pay their fair share. Right. Just their fair share, he said. Yeah, we're going to reform corporate taxes so they pay their fair share and help pay for the public investment been, their businesses will benefit from as well. And we're going to reward work, not just wealth.
0: I was just going to say, isn't that the same kind of premise? So we, we, uh, maybe not. Like if the corporate tax rate goes up, like what is it in Australia? It's like 30 cents, Hmm. 30%. So if that goes up, then corporations start paying more tax. Presumably they'll, they'll pass that, that expense onto consumers, which means maybe they'll spend less. And so you haven't really, you haven't really achieved anything if, corporations just start charging more for their services then less people will, will avail themselves of those services so yeah yeah i mean i think it's yeah that's
1: that's a that's a valid point and it's a it's a valid concern um mm-hmm. yeah where where how it all balances out you know is, is an interesting question i mean you look at the you know the argument might the response to that might be well like well why don't we just rein in ceo salaries for example like CEO salaries. Mm. There's a sort of a competitive arms race going on, where, where you know all the surplus profits get funneled into higher CEO salaries, and relative to medium worker salaries, it's it's mushroomed in, in recent years. So may, mm. maybe that's that's where that's where the adjustment comes in.
0: But who could do that? I mean, who could? That's a private company decision, isn't it? Like or a public company. So you would you would hope you would hope in a competitive
1: market you know, firm firms, unless they're a monopoly, they don't they don't have the freedom just to increase prices willy nilly. Like if they could do that and mm. the customers would bear it, they would. You know, they're they are charging yeah. the customers the most that the customers are willing to pay. Mm.
0: So unless you give the customers a tax cut at the same time. You give them tax cut at the same or time. Or a stimulus stimulus check, for example? Yeah. There you go. Hmm. Stimulus? Yeah. For the for the consumer. And then increase the corporate tax rate. Yeah. then they can afford to cover the difference. Yeah.
1: Yeah, now we've just backwarded out the Biden's fiscal policy <laughs> <laughs> from first principles here, I think. I
0: can't believe it. I can't believe how easy that was.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah so th- this is the agenda. I mean, it's, it's interesting. So corporate tax rates have been declining for four decades, pretty much since the 80s. They've been sort of hmm. coming down and down and down. Um, and the other, the other part of that is sort of, you know, this sort of the offshoring and the sort of construction of uh, foreign entities and foreign holding companies and all of that means that corporate tax rates are coming down and the corporation's ability to avoid tax has gone up. And so the corporate tax take has fallen substantially. And so what we're seeing here is it's, it's, I think it's a really interesting shift in the sense that that Biden's now championing this. So this is mm. like it's not just something that Trump wouldn't have said. It's something that Obama wouldn't have said. So sort of coming out and gunning for corporations—that's that's that's new in the in the American political theater right now. Like it's not it's not something that you know it's Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren kind of policy. It's not something you would expect Biden to be running with. And right. like I would have thought like it's it surprises me that he's he's coming out and gunning so hard for this to say like yeah we've got to increase corporate tax rates we've got to make the one percent pay their share like
0: because he was also talking about we we covered it a few episodes ago I think a couple of week, a few weeks ago mm. um like a globalized corporate a global corporate tax rate wasn't he he was talking about floor, trying yeah. To, to yeah a tax floor that's right um to try and I guess negate the effects of hiding taxes through shell companies offshore or through the Cayman Islands or wherever it is. So this is part of that same kind of yeah speech. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean that's that's sort of the bind and what
1: like the the challenge with raising corporate tax rates is that the companies will move to work to places where the where taxes are cheaper, Mm. Um, which then sort of creates this sort of race to the bottom where just to sort of hold on to profitable companies and get any revenue out of them. Nations have to push their tax rates lower and lower and lower until you know, right? Do you get to the sort of the the it becomes a competitive market for taxation, and that's sort of you know that doesn't sound ideal. No,
0: nah, that's no good, is it? If <laughs> you just shop around, shop around different countries to find, yeah. Wasn't that why a lot of the a lot of technology companies ended up in Ireland? Uh, where was it, Ireland? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, Ireland did it. Ireland came came up with a cracking
1: tax deal. Yeah, and and it kind of worked for them. Like it was a competitive policy. Like tech companies came and set up in 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 Ireland, and mm. it became a tech center out of out of nowhere. Like it, that was never going to happen until this sort of tech <laughs> this tax policy encouraged it. And I and I saw you know Irish Irish politicians commenting. I was saying like this is this talk of a tax fall, they get where it's coming from? But it's a concern for Ireland because
0: oh, to be sure, to be sure. <laughs>
1: Yeah, otherwise, you know, tech firms could be in sunny San Diego. They don't want to be in Dublin. Oh, there's nothing wrong with Ireland.
0: A bit cold. Ah, oh, it's lovely though. Yeah, Ireland. Like rolling, rolling hills. Yeah. Pan yeah. pipes. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess for me, I always think about tax. It's just, you know, it's the old thing. It's like two certainties in life, death and taxes. Um, You never think like a corporation does shopping around your tax, like it's your home loan or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like you just, it's very difficult, I think, as a layperson to wrap your head around the, even having the ability mm. to go, I might set up in a different tax jurisdiction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I met
1: someone in Sydney when I was doing that. They were a management consultant and their, mm. their company had them domiciled in Singapore. Right. Because the, the tax rate was a lot lower and they got paid in Singapore dollars. But they spent... What does that mean,
0: domiciled in Singapore?
1: Uh, that was where they resided on paper. Right. But he didn't reside there? No. No, lived most of... Well, I think he did some of the year, but did a lot of the year in Sydney.
0: Because you have to... Like, there's, I think it's the same with a lot of uh, professional athletes, tennis players, mm-hmm. um, Formula One drivers. You know, it's not just because of... Uh, it's not just the Monaco Grand Prix, which is why they live in, uh-huh. uh, in Monte Carlo. There's... Enormous tax benefits to living there as well. Mm. But yeah, there you go. Right. So, trickle down economics. So, so we're going to have, so he's going to increase the corporate tax rate. Mm. Um, they'll pay more taxes, fingers crossed, if they don't just move to Ireland. What does it mean for me? Is it going to be, is it going to be more? Am I going to have to pay more? Uh, it's, it's an interesting one.
1: Like, it, it, it really depends. There's, sort of, there's two hands going here. So you know, on one one hand, Biden's giving money to to Americans, um, particularly lower income Americans. That money's mm. going into the economy, and then with the other hand, he's taking it away out of corporate America right. and and the uber wealthy. That's sort of how it's been cast. There's a lot more nuance to it, but that's sort of the idea. If if it was just increasing taxes without any of that, then you would think that that, that would be a drag on growth. That would mm. that would slow things down to some to some degree. How much? It's it, and this is it's not it's not totally settled this question because how the you know economic ecosystem responds to different tax rates is it's not clear cut. It's a, it's a, it's a it's something that's debated in economics. Like there's obviously thresholds. Like if you taxed someone a hundred percent of their labor income, they just wouldn't work. Like that's mm. that's obvious. But if you tax them at zero percent, they don't work an infinite amount. So it's sort of like it's it's not a, it doesn't seem to be a consistent relationship through the tax tax income spectrum. And I think and I think the same is true for, for corporations.
0: Yeah. So is it and is it likely to have I mean, we probably would have seen it play out, the, the initial reaction already, but is it likely to have a big impact on on outlooks for companies, on share prices and, the, and those kinds of things? Is, it, is this a fundamental change? Like a bit like when inflation spiked the other day and we had the, the what was it? The bond quake. <laughs> the bond quake, if you don't mind. Mm. Um, you know, is it is it likely to cause something like that or is it just kind of companies going, yeah, we'll see, we'll... Whether we move or whatever later,
1: yeah, it hasn't hasn't seemed to have a bit too big an impact. I mean, you have got to remember that what what Biden's talking about. So Trump came in and he cut the corporate tax rate from thirty five to twenty, so it's like something like that it was massive. Yeah. And now Biden's unwinding that; he's winding back to twenty seven percent. So it's not even going all the way back. So it's kind right. of hu- it's it's a little bit hard for to to make the case that the tax rate's too high because it's still seven percentage points lower than it was. Four years ago, or five years ago, or something. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, hasn't people don't? I mean, I don't know. I haven't. Well, stuff that I'm reading hasn't. They have. People aren't too scared about it. It doesn't. You know, they're not happy about it. I don't think. Mm. But they're not. It's not. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't seem. What is interesting, I think, is 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 the way that the Republicans are, are you know responding to this. So typically the the the. Republicans are sort of your, your big business allies in, in the political sphere. But there's so two, there's some quotes here from Ted Cruz and, and Josh Hawley, both of those are sort of setting themselves up to be uh, presidential runners in, in 2024. Hmm. Yeah, so is it Ted Cruz here says, starting today, he tweeted, that's right, on, tw- on Twitter, which is where all political announcements go these days. Sure, yeah. Starting today, I no longer accept money from any corporate PACs. So uh, corporate PACs are like um, political action groups. So fundraising uh, bodies right. to donate to politicians. So I'm not any any PACs tied to corporations. I'm not accepting money from them. I urge my Republican colleagues to do the same. For too long, Republicans have allowed the left and their big business allies to attack our values and ship jobs overseas with no response. No more. Right, and then Josh Orley came in and retweeted and said, "Yes, corporate America has put Americans last. They ship our jobs to China, mock Middle America's way of life, try to control our speech and run our lives. It's time we stood up to them. I won't take corporate PAC donations, and I'll, fa- I'll fight to break up their monopoly power." Right. So it's it's pretty out there, I reckon. Like that, that's a that's a big turn to sort of to be attacking corporations um and one to refuse corporate donations political donations that's pretty massive that's a that's a big turn around Mm. um but then to sort of attack big, big business to sort of paint them as i mean one it's that funny thing that they're somehow involved in bed with the left the big business and the and the left are sort of somehow in cahoots to attack values is is i don't know that's an interesting idea but that seems to sell well in America
0: so something must have changed then obviously is this is this must be a response to you know I don't get too deep into the politics of it all but but something there must be some focus groups somewhere that have gone you know what people people don't like this ah yeah no totally this i mean this is this is this is the base that Trump energized
1: right so mm. this was sort of the working class people who had been left behind by globalization um, had seen their sort of communities hollowed out by the offshoring of jobs.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, all of that, and so yeah, they were genuinely angry, and they were angry with they're angry with the big businesses that closed up the the manufacturing plants and shipped it all off to China. Mm. So they're angry with them. They're angry with the progressives who then turned around and called them racist for wanting a job. Yeah yeah that's that's that base so so Cruz there is speaking directly to that base, and mm. yeah big business is sort of no longer the friend of anyone in the political sphere anymore um, <laughs> so yeah so it, I think it's it's a really interesting interesting time that's a bizarre situation really it's a very it's a very unusual <laughs> situation so some Republicans are saying, come on we need we need to push back on this, we need to push back on that, and then Cruz is like, no, the corporate I'm going to stick it to the corporations, they deserve it.
0: But hang on, so both sides of politics are sticking it to the corporations. Yep. That bring in squillions of dollars in, <laughs> in America. <laughs> because hey. <hang on. laughs> so, on both sides of politics in the response to corporations shipping jobs offshore is to drive the boot into corporations. <laughs> we'll teach you corporations that disrespect us <laughs> take our jobs offshore we'll treat you like dirt here like yeah doesn't make any sense well no i mean i mean it's there's what yeah there's a political
1: moment that biden does have some measures to to reshore jobs and to sort of encourage companies to to set up back in america and some of that's happening naturally anyway as relationships with the relationship with China deteriorates. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so that, that is happening, but it it is, it is interesting. So that, yeah, the big business, you know, and, and like whatever that term actually means big business, but big business doesn't have a political ally at the moment that the normally could rely on the Republicans to, and well the normally could rely on both sides of politics to have their back really, but now the Democrats have turned fully and the Republicans have splintered into two camps, the sort of the pro-Trump, anti-big business camps, and, and you've got to wonder how committed they are to their their posturing around being anti-business um, or anti-big yeah. business. Um, and, and but then there's others in the Republican Party that that are sort of tone the line and, and you know trying to trying to build a sort of a unified front against this sort of increase in corporate taxes. But they're struggling but to do it, that. I mean,
0: it's a problem in, the whole problem, not, I don't, I'm no expert, obviously, but the the big problem is the dependency that the political parties in America have on, on like, fundraising, mm. you mm. know, like, yeah. they, they need to fundraise and the money's got to come from someone, it's always going to come largely from big business. So, where are they going to, well, I don't know where they get their money from, but but you can never you'll never get money for your political party without something in return no one's ever going to give you you know like so to me that's the fundamental problem is you can't ask people for money for your political party and say look but this comes with no promise that we're going to push any of your agendas like you kind of have to make some you have to give something so to me it seems broken yeah oh uh, yeah for sure
1: yeah i mean the whole whole idea of political donations is pretty wonky You know, like, there's this claim that that companies are donating to political parties just to support democracy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) In general. Yeah. 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 I support democracy and that highway that bypasses that town over there, please. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that's right. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, that's, 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 that's a, yeah, corporate donations. And it's, it's a real, struggle to get sort of good de- democratic outcomes in that kind of environment. And which is why I think Cruz standing up and saying he's not going to accept corporate PAC donations is massive. And that, that, mm. that opens, in, opens up an interesting road that I don't think America would have looked at.
0: Yeah, know, cool. Recently. All right. We're going to take a break there, grab a word from this week's sponsor, and we'll be right back with a puzzle in the rental market as well as tell you about what happened with our NFTs from a few weeks ago.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
0: And we're back. Comedian versus economist. We would love it if you would leave us a review on iTunes and a rating on there. That would help us out a lot. So if you've got some free time while you're listening to the rest of this episode, be sure to log on and check that out. In the meantime, Thomas, a puzzle in the rental market. WTF are you on about? <laughs> uh so rents
1: are booming right now rental prices Mm. are up 4.9 percent nationally it's one of the strongest growth rates in a long time Uh, Mm. regional areas rents are up 10 percent year on year so really going through the roof that's on the back of a record low rental vacancy rate so there's this thing called a vacancy rate which measures how many Apartments and houses are on the market for rent relative to the Mm. stock. Um, They flash that neon sign when
0: when they run out.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so currently nationally the rental vacancy rate is 1.9% and that's the lowest. Wow. Yeah, so really tight. So typically, the kind of the rule of thumb in property is that a vacancy rate around three percent is a balanced market. Mm. So at three percent, you're not you're not putting any pressure upward pressure on rents. Anything below three percent, you're starting to put pressure on rent because uh, it's just super competitive to get a house. Mm. Um, so one point nine percent is is very tight. And, that's, and that's, that's a number – that's being held up by the high-rise sector in Sydney and Melbourne. So if you could take that out, the high-rise sector in Sydney and Melbourne hour of that equation, it would be much tighter than that, for maybe even sub-1%. Yeah, right. So there's a real shortage of uh, houses, it seems, and that's what's driving super strong uh, rental outcomes. The yep. puzzle is that the population is falling. Hmm. Because net immigration has turned negative. So, um, net immigration normally adds people to the Australian population, but with COVID shutdown and so on, it's, we've now gone negative. And so, we lost 90,000 people um, to immigration in 2020 21, and we're projected to lose another 70,000 in 2021
0: 22.
1: Mm. Um, so, we're going negative. Uh, and, and natural population growth is always pretty, um, pretty, pretty small in the scheme of things. So we've got population falling, and yet the va- rental vacancy rate is tightening. Hmm. So that's a puzzle.
0: That is a puzzle. Mm. What about? Uh, so there's one big factor that comes into this: mm-hmm. expats returning.
1: Well, no, that's picked up in the net immigration numbers. So that's a net. Oh, that's a net. So that ninety thousand—that's net. So it's that includes people returning and people leaving.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Mm. And that, yeah, and that includes expats.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I'm out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> when you said you had a puzzle, were you looking for me for support in yeah. well, solving it? Um, like, well, okay, first of all, do you actually know the answer or do you know? Do you have some thoughts on why that's the case or do you want me to keep having a stab? Because I have other ideas. Yeah, and I think I'm done with, with your stabs in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm truly in the dark.
1: Yeah. Um, no, it, it is a puzzle in the sense that no one really knows the answer to this. It's a bit odd. It does mm. seem to suggest that household formation must be increasing So when, so you imagine a household with, um, you know, some teenagers, they become 18 or whatever and move out on their own and they form a new household. And so you have that, so that four person household becomes two, two person households. Yeah. So the same number of people has now become more households. So it would seem to suggest that household formation is increasing; that more people are going out on their own, starting new houses. Share, hu- share houses are breaking up and going into, you know, mm. couples or something like that. It's not surprising, though. Why isn't it? Well, this—I'm I, I, wondering why that would be the case through COVID. What's your well, th- What's COVID, your thought? Well,
0: you've hit the nail on the head. COVID. Everyone's been locked up together for however long.
1: Uh-huh.
0: People are sick of living with each other. Yeah. Right. Um. And so they'll be like coming out of the the other side of COVID. It's given everyone a proper taste of what like their ha- their housemates' dirty habits are like, like <laughs> day in day out. And they're just like <laughs> it's like this guy's a pig. I can't <laughs> I can't live. I never knew. I, I sort of didn't realize this was going on. Maybe like you know or, or it was so like i'm I'm out all the time i'm busy i'm kind of at, i'm at sport you know i've got social netball wednesdays <laughs> and thursdays i've got whatever and then covid comes along and it's like i'm just home all the time with this filthy animal <laughs> i'm gonna move out yeah wow well, it's pretty good theory that that mm. and also a lot of dare i say a lot of relationships would have been tested through Ooh, covid that's
1: true that's true
0: a lot of a lot of relationships would have been you know all kinds of relationships whether that's husband and wife, parents and uh, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a tough time when people were living on top of each other. Mm. Um, a lot of the, especially if you were in a, a smaller house and you were sort of already a bit packed in as it was, then you come out of that and you'd be like, "That's it, I'm, I'm out. I can't handle, I can't live with mum anymore. Um, she's driving me nuts. I'm, I'm getting out." yeah i think that's pretty good and it's probably been empowered by we know household incomes
1: are up we know people are flusher than they were pre-covid uh they've got some money
0: exactly people have got enough for a for a deposit because mm. that was it i mean when you talk about housing deposits you still need to put like a bit of a deposit down on a rental like when you're yeah you know when you're when you're moving out for the first time you need to have what is it like 6 weeks in advance or something like that oh, sometimes six, I haven't rented in ages yeah. it's a long but it's something you got to put down pay some some forward rent for mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. you got to buy some furniture mm-hmm. you've got to you got to equip your you know furnish this new rental that you've got yeah and so through covid and stimulus and no spending and whatever people saved a bit of money we've talked before about people saving cash so they're like, "This is it. I'm. I'm finally." Because you know mm. what it's like when we're when we're living at home together. When I was living with you, I couldn't wait to get out. Mm. You know, you don't know. <laughs> I just, you, but you do. Like it's serious. It's you, you. For me, I wanted to go like early. Like mm. I, I didn't because it was too good. <laughs> 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 but, no, but I left at, at. Um, I think what was I twenty. Twenty, probably twenty. Uh-huh. I think twenty-one, maybe. No, I think I was still I was still twenty when I moved out. Um, you went off earlier. You went to uni, yeah, um, which doesn't count because you were still suckling at the family teat. Yeah, I had the best but, of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, you had free accommodation. Um, but yeah, I think people for a long time the trend was staying staying on longer, staying at home longer, staying into your thirties at home. That was increasing, wasn't it? And so, I don't know, imagine COVID put a lot of people in a financial position to go, oh, I can,
1: I can move out. Yeah. Oh, I, think it's, I think it's a solid theorem. Thanks. Puzzles, Any other puzzle puzzle puzzles solved? You- <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Uh-huh. But, yeah,
1: we'll see. Let's watch it. So, yeah, rents, rents are booming, 4.9% and accelerating quickly. So, look out for that.
0: Because you, you also said the other day, you, you said um, – that rental rents do not necessarily go up with uh, house prices, House prices, mm, mm. No, that's which true. I found surprising.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, rising rents will cause rising house prices. Rising house prices won't cause rising rents.
0: Well, that's what you say, but house prices are rising and rents are rising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they can rents are rising. Well,
1: yeah, they can, they can. Well, like, yeah. So the rising house prices, there's two factors now. So the one is that this super cheap interest rates that pushes house prices up, but we also have rising rents. So we've got two. So there's two two jet boosters below housing prices mm. at the moment.
0: You're just conveniently saying that, that house prices isn't causing rents. Yeah, isn't causing it's the other way around. The causation runs the well, other I'm way. Well, I'm arguing that it's not. I'm arguing that house prices are. Causing rents to go up Why? Well, because that's what's happening Yeah, that's not a reason <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying you've got the, you've got the causation backwards <laughs> Well, I'm saying that it, you, you've got no evidence to prove that, that it's, not.
1: It was, it's, it's not It's a logical argument It's not even a theoretical or a statistical <laughs> argument It's just logic <laughs> What are you even talking about?
0: <laughs> oh st- oh So hard. I agree with you about these things. (laughs) And my theory.
1: NFTs. What happened there? A bit of a bottleneck in the comedian versus economist IT department.
0: Well, no, the 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 IT department got straight on it. To be honest, Uh so if you haven't listened to our episode on NFTs, um, go back and check it out. Uh, I should have researched what episode it was. Um, Maybe I can tell you here. No, I can't. But we go back, you'll find it. Um, We've only got like 30 episodes. Scroll. (laughs) Don't tell me you don't know how to scroll. Um, So, we did an episode on NFTs. And one thing that we mentioned during the episode was that we might mint that episode as an NFT, just for the lols, just um, because it had already – like, NFTs had already reached peak ridiculousness. So, anyway – we did mention that and then sort of there was radio silence on it after that. Um, Dylan sent us an, an email and I've got to say, shout outs to Dylan, uh, one of the best emails I've seen. It had the most comprehensive step-by-step guide on minting NFT tokens. So, um, We should really mint that as an NFT if Dylan's oh, up for it. Maybe we could. Maybe we could mint that. Um, you can, of course, email us, cve at equitymates.com or uh, equitymates.com forward slash CVE on the website uh, if you do want to send us an email. So, yeah, Dylan sent us this email. Um, much appreciated. I had actually already done some of the things in the email. So he talked through getting some uh, some ETH, some uh, Ethereum, uh, what do you call it, coins, um, money, uh, get some ETH, load up a, a Metamask wallet um with with that i could go to i went to OpenSea, which is one of the there's a few kind of clearing houses or i don't know what you call them like a marketplace for nfts um non-fungible tokens for anyone who might be hearing about nfts for the first time in case that's still a thing set up an account on there i had the i had i had the comedian versus economist like shop front up and running and we're all ready to mint the first nft and then we kind of just paused for a second and we're like, what are we selling here? So what are we actually selling? If we if we sell the episode, what does that mean for us in terms of what can we do with that episode going forward? And so, you know, we have – we're not a, a big podcast by any stretch, but we do have some uh, obligations in place, some sort of contractual stuff – of which we're not probably that across even, but we get great support from, from the guys at Equity Mates Media and we didn't want to create a problem for them. And so we weren't sure what would happen if we kind of minted an NFT and then sold it. Would we have to pay to license it back if we wanted to keep distributing it through iTunes and Spotify and wherever else? Um, if we made it slightly different, could we, we, we sort of trimmed off some of the start and the end to make it different, but it just—it all started to get pretty muddy and murky in terms of the rights to the episode and, and who owned what. And so we kind of did uh, have it there for a split second or two and then thought better of it. And then we did toss around some ideas, Thomas, I don't know if you remember, around what else we could sell. <laughs> <laughs> there <That> was... <laughs> There was some pretty ordinary ideas, to be honest. I think there was maybe like, a, um, I don't know, just various JPEGs of some artwork that that we'd done. Um, but it just, I don't know. I think then the morals start kicking in a little bit as well and you just start going, what are we doing? <laughs> We're just trying to create something where there's nothing in the hope of, of catching a buzz on the on the NFT train and hoping that someone would jump on and buy this thing that was kind of nothing just because it was something. And so that's where we landed. So we, we didn't do anything with it. So if you've got ideas on what you would, if you, there's something you would like us to produce, um, Dylan mentioned we could have our own token or our own coin like We could have a CVE token as an NFT that could then potentially, you know, as over the years, listenership just explodes. <laughs> He's, yeah, I wouldn't want to pay too much up front, Dylan, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, I'm not sure. I, I don't want to, I don't want to be ever, ever be thought of as trying to, you know, just exploit something like this for, for personal gain. Um, but. That's where we landed. You got any ideas, Tom?
1: No. I mean, I think that kind of thinking is going to hold you back in life, though. Like, it's all about well, getting nothing, getting something for nothing. The whole, whole <laughs> cryptoverse is based on that idea, isn't it?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm not against, like, a CVE coin, you know. Like, if we just created our own cryptocurrency, <laughs> that would be okay because it's, it's a store of value. <laughs> 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 no i don't know i don't know i don't even know what that would be yeah no i'd be happy to i and i guess it comes back to you know something's worth whatever someone else is prepared to pay for it so if someone's prepared to pay for something that we made then sure um but yeah that's kind of so for anyone who was wondering i guess where we got to with nfts we kind of we entered a bit of a um i don't know a bit of a quagmire of uh, of rights and and uh copyright and ownership and all that sort of stuff that we just sort of thought you know what why don't we just leave what we don't understand well enough alone so hopefully that clears it up and but thanks dylan for your email much appreciated yeah cheers dylan that was awesome so that brings us to the end of the show thomas unless you had anything else to add no i'm all good i'm all good all right Excellent. Uh, don't forget, you can check out all the other great podcasts from Equity Mates Media. Let's get started investing, Equity Mates Investing Podcast. You're in good company. Meet, pay, love. And Thomas, I love having you on the show every week. Oh, go on. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> uh, all right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next week.
1: Comedian vs Economist is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Comedian vs Economist are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast.